It's time for Larry News Boss. My guest tonight, up first from the heartland, John Hawkeye Blue. Up second. The Mad Dog Sherman! And I'm your host, Larry the Athlete! Bang! All right, guys. Uh, big week in sports, uh, big week in just news in general. We got to start with, uh, Wednesday afternoon, shortly before tip off of the Bucks Orlando game, uh, the Bucks decided to boycott the game or do a, do a player strike basically, uh, in protest of yet another police killing. Uh, this was the Jacob Blake killing in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Well, so, uh, so he, he, he wasn't killed. I'm he sorry. Was, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. He was uh, paralyzed. Yes. Uh, thank you for the correction. Yeah, he was shot in the back seven times. Uh, is still alive in serious condition and most likely paralyzed from the waist down. And apparently shackled to his hospital bed. I know. Jesus what, Christ. Like, even like he's going to get up and run somewhere. Right. First of all, he can't. And second, uh, like, he's now under arrest? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that was the biggest news in the NBA. They've come to an agreement to continue playing. Um, and games will, uh, playoffs will resume tomorrow afternoon. So... Yeah, I, I I was really just kind of despondent about this whole thing. I mean, it, it's been going on for a long time. This isn't anything new, but it just really reaffirms that just things are broken in this country. And not that the, this is going to fix them, but just seeing people you know, on Facebook or whatever, who are right wing posting shit like, oh, that he had a knife or, or, uh, that he had a sexual assault in his past. It's like it trying to paint any victim in the most damning light Mm -hmm. and just not taking a moment to realize why do the players feel like they need to do this? And they do because, and I was prepared for the season to end. I think a lot of the players were, um, and it would I would have supported them wholeheartedly if they decided that, you know what? Until we fix this, you don't get your basketball, America. And, and then I maybe a general strike would have grown from there. Uh, the fan in me is happy to watch games again tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I'll turn it over. Whoever wants to kind of 
go with their thoughts next. Um, I'll go. Yeah. Um, well, as three white guys, it's not really sure. our job to be despondent. Right. Um, it's our job to support the black people in our lives and to ask what we can do to help. Um, our feelings about this, whether we're, whether they're positive or negative, they don't matter. Second of all, if you shoot somebody in the back, you need to go to prison now. Yeah. There's no reason to shoot somebody in the back, even in warfare. And that's exactly what this is right now. So I couldn't be more proud of the NBPA, of the Milwaukee Bucks, and of all the other professional sports for following suit. What's happening right now and what's been happening? We, yesterday, Thursday, was the 65-year anniversary of Emmett Till's lynching. Oh, really? And I think there's a bunch of people. There's a lot of people who look like us in this country who think that we have just moved on or that it's okay we can move on without making any changes to the systems that we live under right now that prioritize your lives, my life, your lives over the lives of our black brothers and sisters. And it's disgusting. And I appreciate, I couldn't be more proud of that generation too. I feel like I'm, I can finally say that I'm older than professional basketball players. Yeah, They're a younger actually, generation than me. I actually, especially, especially, especially the young men, 19, 20 years old, who are willing to put their future and their livelihood in jeopardy to stand up for what they believe in. It's an easier, it's an easier move for Chris Paul, who's a multimillionaire. Of course, I'm incredibly proud of him too for his organization and leadership in the players union. I'm proud of Michelle Roberts. I think she's wonderful. I'm proud of Adam Silver. But thank God for these people who are younger than me, man. Our generation didn't do it. Nope. It was a, it was a, it was a joke to our generation. Something to be, uh, laughed at during stand-up sets because what could what could we have done? We can't do anything except for joke about it because the reality is it sure feels like there's nothing that we can do about it. But you know what? The players in the NBA stood up, read a statement, and did something about it, and then the rest of professional sports in the United States did the same thing. And I'm glad that we're talking about it right now. And I'm glad that we're taking note of it. Um, it's the right thing. The fan in me is also happy that basketball will be uh, resuming and that I get the privilege of watching these men and women play the game that they love and the game that I love and, um, but I can't, I, I honestly, I can't let any of this 
go by uh, and and for any of this to happen in vain. It's happened repeatedly, week after week after week after week after week. Not just during the coronavirus, but for the past 65 years and obviously before the Civil Rights Act. But people act like the Civil Rights Act was just you know, like, yep, there we go. Everybody's equal now. That's not how that worked. And that's not how this works. And we have to actively make anti-racist choices and support lawmakers and public servants who are outwardly and vocally anti-racist. That's the only way that we move on from this. And whoever's on your Facebook feed, I had somebody post on mine today, hey, don't all lives matter? Because I was wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. No, no, actually they don't. They don't. Well, That's why I'm wearing this t-shirt. Yeah. So, um, uh, let me, uh, let me, let me, let me pass before I start cursing yeah. and getting super angry, but, sure. um, you're allowed uh, for, to curse any, for anybody show. that might be, for anybody that might be listening, vote these clowns out of office. If they're not pushing for systematic and, and significant institutional change, starting with law enforcement, vote these clowns out of office and make move for somebody that's actually going to represent their entire constituency. Because right now, that's not what's happening. That's, what, that's not what's happening in America. All right. That, that's it from me, the yeah. white guy. Other yeah, that, white guy? <laughs> that, that was really good, Micah. And um, the whole, you know, the rebuttal of all lives matter, it's... It's not even worth talking about. Yeah, I, I just... It, what even though I, I brought hate, it up. <laughs> what I hate about people saying that, like... People who say Black Lives Matter, they know, we know, you know, every, other people's lives matter. It's not that we say Black people are more important than other. It's just like, what? think, why, why do you think people need, it? people shouldn't have to say Black Lives Matter. It should be obvious, but we do need to say it. And... The fact because, that because white people are afraid that they're going to lose their privilege, yeah, and they're going to stop living in a society of white supremacy, which we do right now. Make no qualms about it, and they are afraid, and rightly so, of being called racist. But guess what? You're outing yourself with all of that "all lives matter" nonsense. They've been saying "all lives matter." And people have been pushing back on it for the past six years. Cut it out. Not interested in hearing it. No negotiation. Goodbye. John, uh, any thoughts? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Wait, so what happened? <laughs> um, yeah, like a couple of things spring to mind. I mean, you can't help see this and not think about like 68 and, you know, John Carlos and whatever, uh, Tommy Smith, I think. Um, and then, and, and like, 
they put and, and Muhammad Ali and in the, the late sixties. I mean, and these people put it on the line. Like they were actually like Muhammad Ali, like went to jail. Like they, like, he lost his heavyweight championship. Like um, these guys were ostracized. John and Tommy were ostracized from track and field, lost countless dollars and stuff like that. So I'm glad, you know, no one's putting it on the line at that level anymore. Like, I'm glad these guys are not like ostracized for it. And that to me suggests that we're in at least a little better spot than we were back then. And a long, long way from home, long way from where we need to be. Um, couple things the idea of shutting down the season i was i understood where that was coming from obviously um definitely against it in just the sense that um once the season shuts down you've pulled that lever right Mm -hmm. and then like if they had not gone to the bubble like Kyrie suggested and some other folks suggested which was also a valid thought like don't go in the bubble let's not play this let's focus on social justice, not as many people were going to, because this is still, this still would have happened. Obviously this still would have happened. And then where are they? There are a bunch of guys not playing basketball right now. So it's not like we're going to turn to them for any, anything. And it sucks to like kind of put them in that box, but when they are playing basketball, when they are doing it, they have the, they have the platform. So they need to keep, they need to keep going with that as long as they can. And that's what raised awareness. And I think the fact that all these other leagues jumped on like the freaking NHL, yeah, NHL like, yeah. come on. like that was crazy and awesome. And, and major league baseball, but well, even um, NHL was kind of like, they took a day to cancel yeah. their games, but at least that's, that's, that's but, like yeah. something. And they're and like WNBA, um, but they're obviously out in front of everything. Oh my God. Did you see those? Did you see those shirts they were wearing with yeah. the seven no. holes in the back? Very powerful. Um, so yeah, I, and then like something that a guy, um, Bill Plaschke, I don't know if you guys know him. He's like an LA sports writer, yep. friend of the show. Head. Yeah, he's um, he was talking about the this bill in California that's going up to vote this weekend or whatever. And it's, it's just a, it's a police reform bill. And he said, this thing started out with, you know, the best of intentions, all this stuff. And then the lobbyists got to it. And the version that's going to pass is totally watered down. And the reason for that is because even if you have the elected officials in there who have like the right ideas in their, in their heart stuff, the money, the money talks. And so what the NBA players can do is they can influence really freaking rich people. Yeah. Right. Like they can influence guys in who like normally they're pretty Republican in their, you know, support and what they, what they do. and And, and so they can get those guys to financially back things that actually matter because the elected officials are important. It's important to have the right people in there who will listen to reason, but man, those lobbies have a lot of pull. And this is something like Obama learned in his first term when he was like, yeah, we can, I didn't take any money from, you know, these big corporations so we can do what we want. And Congress is like, oh yeah, but we did. (laughs) So you really, you kind of have to listen to, like, we just have to listen to them. Um, So 
I think I think the the what they're doing now is just huge, and I think we're going to make progress. It makes me very sad that it even takes this much to to make any progress. I'm sad about where we are. I'm cautiously optimistic about where we're going, but I know we're going to have a lot of dark days between now and then. And um, yeah, and I just and some of the stuff that like just boggles my mind, like some of this, like that the the Kenosha shooter, like people calling him a hero and all these other things. I'm like, Oh my God, this is next level garbage. You guys just the worst. So I don't know. I, I I'm hopeful for humanity. I'm hopeful for society, but change is going to take a while. I'm glad these guys are fighting. That's it. Yeah. Go ahead. Micah. Um, yeah. I just like to say a couple things, uh, in response, the first is I, I just don't even want to give any any more attention on this podcast to the opposition. It's not even worth thinking about. Um, the second is in response to something that John uh, said, and I appreciate, you know, it's unavoidable that we're going to have opinions about how far we may or may not have come and what we feel like is going to be the, you know, give the, the NBA players the most leverage. Um, but ultimately, our opinions on that don't matter. Um, so I, I often, as a white person, I often try to avoid giving my, particularly my unsolicited opinion publicly um, about things like that. And I, I, I try to do, I try to listen as much as possible, uh, which is one thing that Adam Silver has been great about. Um, And it seems like the NBA owners have also been doing some listening recently, um, which is also very encouraging because they're predominantly white. Yeah. I mean, I I do think they deserve some, some kudos, but they are partly, as John was saying, listening with their wallets, not their ears. Um, And I I understand that as a, as a business person, that's what you have to do. You, uh, you know, you have a lot of people that are relying on you for their livelihoods. So that absolutely, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I just am often very cautious in my life about um, giving my opinion or um, kind of quantifying how much progress we have I feel like we have made because ultimately it's not my call. Um, I, I try to listen to, um, you know, friends with melanin for that, uh, for, for, for that kind of thing. And I, and I try to be a, a foot, a foot soldier as much as, um, as much as I possibly can. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Cause uh, I really would like to talk about, the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, since the last time we talked, a lot, a lot of predictions have. Oh uh, yeah. A lot of our predictions have uh, fallen, and um, and also are coming true. So. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that pretty soon. Um, uh, one piece of news that happened, uh, uh, something that's very good that happened out of all this, uh, from the NBA players making a stand and bringing it to light is they got the NBA owners to agree to if, if the owner also owns the arena where they play, mm-hmm. they will open it for as like a, 
giant in-voting place, which is great because, uh, I mean, voter suppression, just as much as police brutality is a problem in this country. And, you know, these these arenas are in big cities where they could open up voting to a lot of people. They're usually near public transit. Uh, so really great job. Uh, LeBron, I think, did a lot of that negotiating. Um, worth mentioning, I note with the whole idea of wh- whether it would be a good idea or not for the season to start. From what I've read, LeBron was very upset with the way the Bucks approached or that they didn't have kind of unity in the way they approached it. But that's, you know, they, they worked, uh, the players worked it out themselves, which is fantastic. Yeah. And on that owner note, I mean, I called out, I feel like I called out, you know, Tillman. Oh yeah. Um, last, and he was one, he's one who owns the Toyota center and he's, he's doing that. Yep. I'm not saying the guy's not an asshole. I'm not taking that back, but I will <laughs> give him credit for opening up the Toyota center. And he also like called out Donald Trump this week. And that's, this is a Republican guy in a Republican state, like who's a, you know, like, so yeah, props to him for that. What, uh, I missed it. Do you know what he said about uh, calling out Donald Trump? No, he was just, it was, he commented on something that Trump was saying. It it was when Trump was spouting off about, you know, NBA players and all this stuff. And so he like kind of clapped back at him about it. So, Yeah. I'm uh, I'm really excited to see what this um, voting in arenas looks like. Yeah. Um, it's a great idea. Uh, it seems it seems to be a great idea. You can get you know, I'm I'm not sure what the process of having the the voter rolls you know in, in there or like how many people could do it. But if you can get masses of people, great opportunities for socially distancing in arenas. Um, and um, particularly for older voters, that's that's uh, very exciting, and and to mobilize um, people um, in cities, because um, uh, you know a lot of times that's uh, that that can be a challenge, um, particularly protect for people you know, from the weather. Protect Is people that, from the uh, weather, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, the lines yeah. could all be in the arena. Yeah, and I hope that um, I hope that other arena owners uh, follow suit. Whether it's um, you know NFL arenas or Major League Baseball arenas or um, other um, arena owners where NBA teams play, um, it's all very exciting. And, and to your point too about um, rich, I always think about that Chris Rock bit about the difference between rich and wealthy. <laughs> right. You know where he's like. Shaquille O'Neal is rich. The guy that pays Shaquille O'Neal is wealthy. Yeah. Well, Shaquille O'Neal has the ear of the guy that is wealthy. LeBron James has the ear of Jeannie Buss. And um, that to me is also um, very encouraging um, because I think in the past, a lot of people with wealth were very isolated from the uh, challenges that real people faced and real people, meaning, um, people who are concerned about money on a day-to-day basis, are concerned about paying rent on a day-to-day basis, um, lower and middle-class people. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it, it, John, I get to your point. It is, it is very encouraging. Uh, 
I just uh, hesitate to rest. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, don't, um, I, I agree. Yeah. All well, right. I rest when I can, you know, yeah. I got to go to sleep at some point, but right. But that's just so you could get back at it the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Get back on that grind. Yep. All right. Uh, So let's talk some NBA playoffs. Um, Let's. How about how? Okay, I'm sorry. What were you gonna say? (laughs) How about those Lakers? Um. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. You you lead. I'll I'll. Sure. Uh. Let's start with what I think is still the best series in the first round. Houston versus OKC. If any team now, uh, not that this was any way relevant, but if any team benefited from the three days off, it is Houston because supposedly Westbrook's going to be back for game five and supposedly he looks good. And that, that that's just a big difference maker for Houston. By the way, they kept during the, uh, the NBA TV kept showing Russell Westbrook walking towards a bus Mm-hmm. as like footage from like the players in the bubble and he's wearing god he's wearing the most ridiculous <laughs> outfit i've ever seen a person wear and i mean it's like baggy cargo pants and a like oversized cutoff t-shirt which i know i know he's fashion forward but i was like i, I turned to my fiance i was like look at this man, look at what he's wearing. And she goes, why is he carrying his lunch like that? I was like, that's not his lunch. That's a man bag. He's carrying (laughs) a purse right now. Anyhow. Yeah. I'm excited that he's back. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the most recent game of the series was on August 24th because of 824. It was like Kobe day Mm -hmm. and he was wearing a, uh, a number eight Kobe jersey, a Lakers Kobe jersey, which cool but i'm like should you be wearing a lakers jersey i don't know if i like that yeah i that series so i on this very podcast called out billy donovan i was mm-hmm. like because chris paul had said it's on me to get better i was like no it's on billy donovan to to scheme and figure this out and he did accidentally almost i feel like <laughs> at the end of game three he figured out you know he goes small that three guard lineup is Houston can't really handle it. Like they're, they are good. And so they, they figured it out and both games were still really close. So it's not like it's magic and Westbrook's coming back, but man, I was thinking sweep if, if Donovan didn't make any adjustments mm-hmm. and then now we're at two, two and the Lakers are going to be done. And so they're going to be, you know, well rested for the, they're going to be able to rest their old bodies for the next round. So this, this changes everything. I don't know that they're going to, I think Houston will still get through, but I don't now think that they're going to give the Lakers as much of a challenge as I thought before. Um, I do. I still think Houston's going to win the series, um, especially with Westbrook back. Uh, and I'm still hopeful that they're going to give the Lakers a bit of a challenge. I, I forgot I forgot what I had predicted. I think we all initially predicted uh, OKC Houston to win. OKC. I think we all initially predicted OKC. Then last week, it was Houston was up to nothing. And I know John and I were like, all right, I think this series is over. 
And you, Mike, did say, like, don't count OKC out just yet. Yeah, we should definitely write down our <laughs> predictions <laughs> and then <laughs> next burn week. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, uh, that's 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 a series. Yeah, absolutely. that's a series. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens if Westbrook comes back and they lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just exhausted for both him and James Harden. I mean, yeah, yeah. man, happen. they have happen. both had a rough go of it. Uh, That's why it's not going to happen, Mike. It just can't. It can't. Point. I know. I know. But I'm also exhausted for Chris Paul. The poor guy mm-hmm. hasn't made it out of the second round. No, he's he made of, the finals. He made the conference finals that year and got hurt. He so. is he is like top five point guards of all time, maybe. Oh yeah. Boy. Oh, he made it again I when mean, Houston was against Golden State, right? Yeah. yeah. He made it to the conference finals that year. Um, but that was that was it. And did the Clippers No, the Clippers lost to Houston in the no, second he round? That was the that was the second round when the Clippers yeah, yeah, lost yeah. to Houston. Yeah. Yeah. With Harden on the bench in yes. that big comeback game. That was a great game. Yeah, it sucks to see some players who are in their like all-time great players in their prime who it's just like their prime years are in a way being wasted. I mean, I mean this play, like Nowitzki, like Nowitzki mm. was a playoff failure until he wasn't. Right. Right? And he just put it together and man was he incredible that year. Like he was incredible in that playoff run. And, and so, yeah, I think that that's like going to happen for Harden. I think Harden is going to have a playoff run at some point. All I got to say is, (laughs) Patrick Ewing. Yep. Charles Barkley. Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler won. Yeah, he won. He won with Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Chris Mullen. <laughs> okay. Did he win a NCAA Reggie, title? Reggie Miller. The mailman. Carl Malone. John Stockton. All these guys because of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. They're just, I mean, they're all time greats. And I feel like LeBron James is that dream killer. I know, but I just I know what you're saying, but I think but you're thinking of it the the just the binary win a championship or not thing. Oh, for I sure. Think, I think with um with the reason Dirk Nowinski had had stink on him was because he went out as a number one seed, right, to an eight seed. And like their team was consistently one of the best and didn't make it through. I think James Harden has that sort of same stench and he hasn't gotten over the top. But if James Harden makes it to the finals again, I think that's going to erase a lot of what people say. And Chris Paul, Chris Paul's never been on the best team in the league. Like maybe that Clippers team was the best, but it's not like Chris Paul has been, you know, a number one seed getting ousted year in and year out like Nowitzki was. I, I just yeah. don't think that they have an opportunity. I just, a lot of those guys I don't see having an opportunity, particularly the way uh, 
LeBron James politics and basically like can can this dude's playing chess, man. He's playing 3D chess and uh, everybody else is just reacting to it. Um, Allen Iverson. No. <laughs> Tracy McGrady. Allen Iverson made the finals, but... He did, yeah. Allen Iverson made the finals as a key contributor, like the only contributor on that team. Like, oh, for sure. And Tracy what about What about Eric Snow? Eric Snow was on that team. <laughs> um, at least I think that's his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's some all time great players. Well, there's just only one championship available and, um, LeBron has won three of them. And so has, um, Steph. Yeah. But I don't, I just don't think people consider Patrick Ewing a playoff failure in the same way that they consider James Harden a failure because Patrick Ewing, like led a team to the finals like Patrick Ewing won a lot of freaking playoff series I think James Harden is like remembered for just underperforming um but you know it's it's fair like they're, they're a lot of them are not going to win championships there are not enough championships left in the years for those guys unless they all join one team <laughs> and win it once there's yeah that's what uh KD did, did with the uh with the Warriors and worked out for them oh my god did you see that video from a few years ago it was hannibal burris was like covering some esports competition between nba players and durant's is playing he's focused on the game <laughs> and burris goes if you lose are you going to join the team that beat you <laughs> <laughs> hannibal i'm jealous of hannibal hannibal and i um used to do comedy in Chicago together. Oh, really? And, uh, oh, yeah. And uh, because he's famous now, he gets to do all these basketball things. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to do those basketball. He played in the, in the uh, Celebrity All-Star game this mm. past year. Um, actually, uh, I had him on um, my web series, and the, the Bob Ross Challenge, and uh, you know, I was just asking him about that coming up. He's like, yeah, I'm working out with a – with a uh, with a trainer and stuff, and getting ready for it, and and I was like, well, all you have to do is like score one basket, and you're good to go. He's like, no, I'm scoring ten points. He did not score ten <laughs> points. I was like, dude, put me in, coach. I will, I'll I'll, I'll mess him up I'll, <laughs> in the celebrity all star game. But uh, alas, mm. I am no celebrity. There are only so many championships to go around. There are, yeah, and Girl. only so many roster spots. All right, let's let's move to uh, Clippers Dallas. Uh, this looked like a series. I think the 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 amazing Luca game happened after we last talked. Yes, where uh, Luca hit a deep three to win it in OT. And first of all, <laughs> we we talk about somebody every week. Is this a top ten player? Luca is a top ten player. I feel Without confident saying that. Yes. No question. Yeah. 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 Porzingis is not. No. Porzingis is not. Yeah. But he's Most top 25. He's like height. He's really tall. He is really tall. <laughs> yeah. Top 10 in height. Uh, <laughs> so that was 2 2. Um, That's over. Luca kind of ran out of gas the next game, and Clippers, I think, woke up and they blew him out. Uh, playoff P had his best game so far of the series, which, and he's still, I don't think he was great. 
in that game. No, he got like 35 points. Did yeah, he, he was really yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, he was really good. Um, but how does he have the name Playoff P? Is he known for... You no, know, he made that up. Okay. He all, Yeah, he always gets uh, scored over for a final basket uh, in the playoffs. No, he made it up um, like two or three years ago. It was like, a, it was like in a first-round series. It was, it was when he was in OKC, I think. And they played their first-round series, and they won the first game. And he had a huge game. It's like, yeah, ain't y'all heard of Playoff P? And he like <laughs> did this thing and it was like, oh, as soon as he said, I was like, oh, this is going to come back at you. This is going to come back at you yeah. so hard. And it did. And it did. Um, yeah. Uh, I, like bad for him. I, I mean, it, you know, he's suffering from anxiety and depression inside the bubble, like mm. dealing with all this stuff. And then first of all, be man enough to talk about that. Love that. Oh, without and a doubt, man. Props, props to Paul George. And, and props to everybody down there in the bubble. I mean, it's got to be tough being away from your family like this, especially with all this going on. I mean, props to all of them. Yeah. So, so yeah, he had a great game, and he'll probably have a couple more stinkers along the way. But Kawhi's that good. Kawhi's that good, guys. He's he, been he, so good. You know, they're they're still, they're going to win a lot of games. I think I think they're looking like I think this conference finals, if it happens with the Lakers, is going to be epic. Yeah, I think so too. And something about Kawhi is, you know, we were all marveling about him last year uh, for Toronto. And even within a year, I kind—I mean, I guess a year and a half, I, I kind of forgot how good he was. And it's mm-hmm. easy to do that because he, he plays, you know, a load management schedule and he's never in the MVP conversation because of that. But man... And you don't wear New Balance, so right. you wouldn't him because of that. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's just great because he like, he doesn't even say, I don't care what people think about me. He just legitimately doesn't care what people think about him and props to him. He's, he is a, he is a unique talent. He, uh, he, he may go down being top 15, top 20 of all time. He's, oh, yeah. he's just really, really that good. And the fact that he wears New Balance. <laughs> and if, like, he's just so weird. He's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> I love him for it, though, man. I mean, you just, you can't, individual accolades do not matter to him, and you can't knock it. It's a, it's, he's proven that it's effective. And he continues to prove it. He great. Yeah, absolutely. He will play, uh, assuming the Clippers close it out, uh, which I think they will. Do we all think that? Any other predictions for Dallas? Well, if if Marcus Morris can um, really step on Luca's ankle super hard, that's that's dirty. I I think that uh, I think that uh, they'll win. Yeah, that was so unnecessary. It was. he claims it was not intentional. It was very dirty. <laughs> Did you see the preseason game this year where Marcus Morris hit Justin Anderson on the head with the basketball? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the gif of it is terrific. Yeah. Like he, he gets hit and kind of staggers and he's like, Did you just do that? <laughs> Why did he you just do that? Bopped me on the head? <laughs> That was a straight up bonk. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Morris, you know, he's been pretty good. 
Uh, okay. he is, he's actually a great, uh, not a great player. He's a very good player. He's a good very player. Good. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, have so many very good players. Yeah. I mean, way so more, way good. more than the Lakers. Yeah. As far as number of players. Yeah. But the Lakers have LeBron James, remember? Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, Denver, can we, can we just list the number of really good players that, that LA has? I mean, there's, there's Kawhi and Paul George, okay. but like Montrez Harrell is awesome. Yeah. Harrell's awesome. That guy's Beverly, a work. Beverly is fantastic. Beverly is fantastic. His interpersonal skills leave a little to be desired. <laughs> but, uh, um, what's that? That's part of his brand. Yeah. I think he, like, he just likes annoying the crap out of people. Yeah. I mean, he, he, uh, anyway. Uh, Do we Lou, want to talk about that? We don't Will, no, we don't that, need to right? talk about that. Lou Williams. Um, Lou Williams. That that guy's a born baller. He's he's, he's been great in this series. Yeah, um, yeah. Even um, even that uh, like tall European guy was his name Zubak. Yep. Yeah. He's good. He's a good player. I mean, they don't. They kind of don't. Ha- What's that? He's good. He's good. he's good. They they don't have like. Like one to ten, they don't have be- like any bad players, and Javale McGee starts for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, Alex Caruso is not gonna not gonna get in the lineup. Yeah, I'll take. Uh, you don't think Alex Caruso is gonna play in in that conference final? No, I'm saying if he were on the Clippers. I see. I see. Yeah, he's not. He's not getting the game. Yeah, I'll take Lou Williams over Caruso. Yeah, I, <laughs> there's. So yeah, it's just it's is the is the top two plus Kuzma enough? I I don't know. I don't know. The Lakers are tough. And let me ask you this: Is Anthony Davis better than Kawhi Leonard? No. I I also would put Kawhi ahead of AD, but I mean they're both is it, top six in the NBA. Is it because he's won a championship? No, it's because he's won two championships. <laughs> no, it's honestly because Kawhi is not going to have a game like game one Anthony Davis had in, in Portland. Like, And they can get away with, with it because it's Portland. They can come back and gentlemen sweep them out. But Kawhi doesn't do it. Kawhi doesn't, they're like, yeah, all right, whatever. I'll hang out at the three-point line. And no. Yeah, his consistency and dependability on such a high level, I think, puts him slightly ahead of AD. But Paul George is not top. No, Paul George is more like AD. Paul George is like, yeah, I'll be out there. Oh, for sure. For sure. But he doesn't deliver in the same ways that um, Anthony Davis does. Oh, no. Yeah. He has the off nights, but he never has the on. Yeah, he can't can't hit the highs. He can hit the lows that AD does. (laughs) Playoff. So P. he's got that going for him. Yeah. Uh, and 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 as long as we're talking about top ten players, Jamal Murray for Denver. <laughs> Not a top yeah. ten player, obviously, but he's had two fifty point games or one forty five, one fifty. I yeah. mean, he single handedly kept Denver alive in that series. Yeah, Denver think, does not belong in there. They don't. I, think, I mean, I think I predicted Utah. Didn't you did. You did. You, you did. Yeah. You did. I I predicted Denver, and I after watching Game One turned like 180 degrees on that. Um, but Denver, I mean, props to them for fighting, but they're not there yet. God and Jokic, God, he is such a he's so easy to work on the defensive end. 
he's just he just cannot move his feet fast enough. I I mean I love the guy. He's a great passer, good rebounder, good scorer. Oh, I mean he. W- <sighs> this is a mean thing to say. Mm-hmm. He would be a good third option on a championship team. Yeah. I mean, even a second option. I mean, if he, I could see him being a second best player on a championship team. I guess you just couldn't. A championship team with Jokic, like Jokic could be, Jokic would have to be the only bad defender in the yeah. starting five. You can't, yeah. it seems like in today's NBA, you can't win a championship if you have more than one bad defender or more than one person who can't shoot threes. Right. All right. So you know what's the weirdest thing in the world is to see Boban shooting a three. Like, <laughs> Did he shoot a three? What, why? Yeah, he, yeah, he can make them. Yeah. It's just like why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Because it's not like he's gonna fake. Like even if he was consistent enough to fake somebody and go around him, he's not gonna get around them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So why even bother? <laughs> I mean, I, I know that people leave him open now, so he's like, well, I got to develop this. But yeah, if you're all up, I don't know why you'd leave him open. Just get up in him. Right, because he's not going to be able to drive past you, so getting up in him is not going to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think do we all have Utah making it to the next round? Yeah, yeah. I, I stand by my Utah and six prediction. All right, so... I, I I imagine we're all going to have Milwaukee and LA advancing. I yep. I'm, I don't know. I feel like the Heat can give. No 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 no. Round one out of round one because Milwaukee oh, and yeah, the sorry. Lakers yeah, still have one more. Milwaukee's not done yet. Right right. Um, yeah, Milwaukee's definitely going to get past Orlando. And it's not even worth talking about the East sweeps, right? Uh no. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh. So that's why I'm going to get to now what we, what we're predicting to be round two and make some sort of preliminary predictions there. So, uh, we'll start with Milwaukee versus the Heat. John, you I think the Heat. I think the Heat are coming for them. Um, I think Jimmy Buckets is going to give them trouble, and I would not be surprised if the Heat take the first game. I don't know where it's going to go from there. It's going to be up to Coach Bud to adjust. But, like, I don't think they can. anyone can do what they did last year where they basically um, shut him down from, like, they, Milwaukee won two games and then Toronto's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. And Milwaukee couldn't recover and lost four straight. I don't think, they're, I don't think anyone's going to take four straight from them. But I think Miami can give them trouble. I think um, Miami will win the first game and then it might be a real series, like six or seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to predict seven for this one. I, I think this is going to be a great series. It's going to be really fun to watch. Giannis has been um, really, like, entertaining and exciting to watch and also, like, seeing how – seeing the strategies that teams employ against him has also been entertaining. So how do, how do you think um, Miami deals with that juggernaut? I think they'll build, they'll do, I think they'll do similar to last year. I think they, they build the wall and they like count on cold shooting. And cause if those guys can't make it, they can't make their shots. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. Milwaukee's done. So you're um, saying sort of 
in a way, like building a wall to keep Giannis from driving. Yeah. And even yeah, if that requires doubling. But so, you know, not yeah. being able to convert at a high enough rate. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, Giannis potentially playing a high or low post play um, position? So he's not dependent on driving, but does he, he's got a post game. Have they done that at all this year? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think so. Yeah, I, I feel like I've I've seen him in the posts and like doing stuff under the under the rim. Because I think if if you've got um, uh, either Lopez, namely Brook, right. um, if you've got him at the if they play a a, a two man game of um, high and low post there, I, I I mean I don't know what Bam can only guard one of them. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Bam. Bam's gonna be. Uh, I wonder if they put him on uh, on Lopez or on. Uh, yeah, Kupo. whatever they do, I trust Spolstra to optimize whatever's yeah. going on. I I trust Spolstra to to make the adjustments and get the most out of that Heat team. That might not be enough, but I don't know. Yeah, they're gonna have to double him a lot. Yeah, and and I, and I, I think it's gonna be effective. And I do think Bam is mostly going to be on Giannis. Because, I mean, who else could guard him? Nobody can guard him. But who on Miami? Who else on Miami? You could put uh, Jimmy Butler on him. Um, I mean, I'm sure there will be times when they have to. he has to switch on to him. <clears throat> sure. Uh, but if you have Jimmy Butler on him initially and you're, and you're double, double teaming quickly, I mean, what the hell do I know? I'm not an NBA <laughs> coach. But it, it's it, like... I would think that that would be a, a, a decent uh, – that way Bam doesn't get tired out yeah. quickly either because uh, Lopez likes to shoot all those high-arcing threes. Yeah, he's like the perfect stretch five. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm going to uh, – who might who would I take, Miami or Milwaukee? I'm, I'm going to take Miami. For just for funsies. I mean, that's who I'm going to be rooting for. Uh, and, you know, there's talk of Miami being one of the possible destinations for Giannis. He, Giannis might pull a Kevin Durant. Miami wins here. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. But it would be Miami in seven. Where does, where does he go if he's pulling a Kevin Durant? To Miami. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. That would be a that would be an awesome team. Yeah. Uh, Boston, Toronto. That's a, that's a good series. That'll I think that's starting this weekend, actually. Yeah, I was actually that was one I was going to watch um, last night. The game one was scheduled for last night originally. I was like, all right, do yep. this. Um, yeah, that one is going to be awesome. I actually think Toronto is going to work them though. I, I think, I think it's, I think without Hayward, I think it's just going to be tougher for Boston. And I think, um, as long as Toronto can like stop Tatum to some extent, I think they, I think they've got him. Oh, we failed to mention Gordon Hayward last week. I, I <laughs> thought about that this week. Maybe uh. the best a uh, white American player in the league. I actually, I thought about that this week as well. Uh, I don't know if he ever made an all-star game though. 
Oh, he did. Yeah, he definitely well, I think did. he did last year in Utah. Oh, he did. Year. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then he's the answer. Because actually... <laughs> he's the answer. <laughs> like, he's the AI answer. Because... Uh, did Kyle Korver? I didn't look it up. Did he actually make an All Star team? I know, yeah, I know that that year that Atlanta won all those games, right? With yeah. Also, but like the right whole... now, he's not better than Gordon Hayward. Oh no, yeah. But um, so was Damari Carroll the only Hawk that in the starting lineup that didn't make the All Star team? I believe all five of them. Did. All five did. Yeah. Okay. Because uh. they had won like they they ended up winning like sixty. Yeah. And, a lot of games 67 i think yeah they were the one seed i believe right yeah they were that was a fun team yeah yeah uh coach bud uh yeah i i'll in this series i'll take toronto uh i'll toronto and six i'm with you toronto and six john i'll take toronto in Five. Nice. Say five. Because I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. But um, I just, I think they're better. I think, um, and I just, I don't know. Maybe five is too, too aggressive. Because there's very little margin for error there. But um, you know, mix it up a little bit. Take a chance. Hmm. All right. I'll tell you one thing though. I love Marcus Smart's game. Oh yeah. The like his his motor is like he. I don't know how, like, he must be so sore just every single day of his life. Like, I just can't imagine the, the, the amount that he throws his body around and how quickly he, like, how hard he plays on defense is just like, and going after loose balls. I mean, he, he's like every coach's dream, right? Yeah. Yeah. As far as like his work ethic and motor goes. And defensively, he like, I mean, he, defended Kristaps Porzingis and I think had a block against him. So, you know, he could defend. He's like the most switchable player ever. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go to the West where we got uh, Clippers versus Utah. I I think I'm going to go Clippers in five. Yeah. I'm going to underestimate and- Utah again. I'm gonna go Clippers in four. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm gonna to say I'm gonna say yeah I'm gonna say five because I think Donovan Mitchell can he he can have another fifty yeah. point game against the Clippers and the Clippers just have that potential for Paul George to put up you know four yeah and <laughs> and then that Utah's like they're showing some stuff here mm-hmm. um, yeah I'm gonna give Utah a game I think I'll they'll say five nice Lakers versus I mean, are we all with Houston? I don't for, know. For the first round, I mean, against OKC. I am, but I don't know. I don't know where Micah is on this. I'm with Houston. Micah, who, who are you with for the rest of the remainder of Houston OKC? I mean, I predicted OKC, right? Mm-hmm. Stick I got to go OKC, and then I'll go Lakers in five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'll go houston and then i'll go lakers and six i think i think six i i think the rockets are going to be trouble for heat for la they just got too many guys that can shoot and i without dort 
to shut down uh, mm-hmm. James Harden. He's going to go back to being unstoppable. Um, I think Russell Westbrook can finish around Anthony Davis even. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. I think it's a tough matchup for the Lakers. So, yeah. yeah Deion think- Waiters and JR, I think, will get all up in them. I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I think the. Yeah, they'll foul. Yeah, they'll foul out in like two minutes. Yeah, once once waiters and once waiters is playing heavy minutes, you know it's panic time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good sign. Um, if it is LA and Houston, I'm I'm pretty excited for that series. Oh God, yeah, I, I, would, I I would like to see that series for sure. Yeah, yeah. me too. Mm-hmm. Um. Before we go, let's talk about the woes of the Philadelphia 76ers who got swept by Toronto and just are, I mean, the process is over. Uh, They pretty much have no assets left from the process besides maybe Zaire Smith, who still like has played like five career games. Um, And they had, they're in contract hell with Tobias Harris and Al Horford. Uh, They'll be one of the most interesting teams this offseason. Um, I think they won't make a big trade yet. They'll try to hire a, a top-tier coach um, who's going to sell them <laughs> on being able to coach Embiid and Simmons together. But I, I, I do think with a new coach, you should give it one more chance. I could not disagree more. Nice. Mainly with your first point that they're going to be one of the most interesting teams. I'm done. I okay. have no interest in the Philadelphia 76ers anymore. As I've said before on this podcast, they are the Dallas Cowboys of the NBA. They get way more ink than they deserve. They are never going to win a championship. They are certainly not going to win one with those two guys together and Tobias Harrison and like they're they're just not like his contract is so massive and so awful that they should be planning for what they're going to do in three years right they should be like all right how can we position ourselves to have some sort of mini process so that in three years when we're out from under tobias or when tobias is an expiring we can make a move because they can't they can't do it joel Embiid. if i were joel Embiid's coach i would get fired for kicking him in the ass too much <laughs> like i would be like you, if you are not going to try, I'm going to kill you. I, I just, there's no excuse anymore. Simmons is a real asset. Simmons mm-hmm. is a real asset. People make too much of the shooting thing. Magic couldn't shoot early. Kid couldn't shoot early. Like, he is awesome. And he plays hard. And I like it. I would, if I were a team, I would be like doing everything I could to get Simmons out of there. Yeah. And but I don't think it's going to happen. I imagine, assuming they, because they're reshuffling their front office too. Oh uh, yeah, they won't. They won't trade. They won't trade him or Embiid this year. Right, probably not. And if they decide to go with one of them, I, I would assume they would go with Simmons. But, you know, if it, it God help them if they go with Embiid as the guy to build around. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Straight up trade. Mm, maybe not straight up. Giannis for Embiid. Oh, what? you'd much rather have Giannis. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But what what would it take Philadelphia to do, to do that? What would it take for the Bucks to agree to it? You mean? Yeah, right. Philadelphia would agree to that now. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I know. <laughs> what would it take? Um, for um, 
Milwaukee Bucks to go? To, what would it take from Philadelphia for Milwaukee to agree to it? Both of them? <laughs> no, I, 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 then you're just moving the problem to a different time zone. I, I think, <laughs> I, you know, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that would happen. <laughs> it would have to be, it would have to be like next what year. You, you, this is yeah. so next year, Giannis would have to tell Milwaukee that he's not planning, he's planning to sign elsewhere. So that would have to be step one. Mm-hmm. And then Philly would also have to include like uh, Diable and like five unprotected picks. It'd have to be the draft picks because you can't make the, the salaries don't. Like Giannis doesn't make that much. Right? Like Giannis is making I think they're close. I mean, or maybe does he make the same as oh, because Embiid got the discount because he'd been uh, right, yeah, hurt, right? I'll yeah, look it you up. can match those two up. Like Tobias Harris, of course, makes way more yeah. than, than that. Yeah, he's like pushing forty million. Yeah, or close oh. to it. Let me see. Do you remember how that happened? They didn't need to. They traded for him because he was the final piece. He was pretty good, and then they gave him five years, which they did not need to do. I, right. No one can explain why they gave them five years and that much money for the whole five years. Who's the front office for Philadelphia now? It's Elton not Jerry. Brand. <laughs> yep, Elton Brand. <laughs> it was like Jerry Colangelo was helping out. Remember, like five years ago, yeah. like they had to pull in Jerry Colangelo because they were like these these they're giving the NBA a bad name. <laughs> right, and Hinky like was awesome, and Hinky would have or already had started basically to turn things around and would not have tanked forever. He would have eventually been like, okay, we have Embiid and Simmons. Let's, let's go for it. And then the NBA just ruined it. They, they put in the Colangelo's who had a fucking burner account to like shit yeah, on Embiid or, or maybe Butler. I don't remember. And then, yeah, they went it all in that year with Butler and Tobias. Uh, they did the terrible Markel Fultz trade. And it's just now they're in. They would. They are. Uh, it would be tough to be a Philly fan right now. Has when when in the past has tanking actually worked? I mean, never like in like for no one's ever done it for like multi multiple years on purpose. Like they were the first to do that, mm-hmm. but. When has it worked for one season and like ended up with a championship? Well, you could think you could point to the Spurs, yeah. but that was like accidental tanking, right? Like Robinson. Right, right, right. Spurs, that's so it's a total then, a total mistake that uh, David Robinson was injured that year. Yeah. Right. Um, when people tanked for a pick, the problem is you get everyone else tanking too, right? And so you still don't necessarily get the pick. Um. I mean, there are people who were certainly worth it, like Anthony Davis or LeBron James and stuff like that. But I would argue that Anthony Davis was not worth it because he didn't do anything in New Orleans. Yeah, but I think he's a he's a real talent. I think the problem they were into is trying to win right away with those guys to keep them happy, and they make all these bad short term decisions. Whereas, like, what you want is a Bulls type situation where Pippen comes along slowly. Or you have like a the an Tim Oklahoma Duncan. City situation um, slash Seattle because Durant. Well, my, my 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 I guess my question is like, when has it ever? 
when has it ever worked in anybody's life to try to control destiny? Like so much of this seems like it's up to chance, right? Whether or not you get Scotty Pippen, whether or not your ping pong ball comes up, you're giving yourself a better opportunity, but I feel like you're putting out so much bad karma <laughs> that it doesn't come back your way. No, and it's, I think it's the VC model of like the like venture capitalists, they'll invest in 10 companies with the expectation of one hitting and and then they make it rich. With basketball, you need more than one guy. <laughs> yeah. And so like, and you actually, even if you have two guys who are really good, they have to be able to play together. And I don't know. And there's just no, there's just no telling if that's the case. So why corrupt? If there's no evidence that it's going to actually work, why corrupt the system in that way? Why not just try? I think there's significant evidence that being in the middle doesn't work long-term like being an eighth seed over and over again, doesn't get you anywhere. Um, But I think that's a lazy interpretation. I think, I think you need to, you need to draft well and develop talent. Yeah. Like the, the Sonics slash thunder, they, they got lucky by winning the the lottery with Durant by getting the second pick. They got lucky. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they, they, they put, they pulled in Westbrook and they developed him as a point guard. Oh, he's a terrible point guard. Well, we'll just lose a bunch of games. Now we'll draft James Harden. And then late in the round, they get Serge Ibaka, right? So there's a combination of picking and then also like picking early and then also picking smart late and then bringing those guys along. Because James Harden wasn't anything like he had, he had raw talent, but the guy was coming off the bench. How about, the- uh, how about the Golden State Warriors? They were fairly yeah. middle of the pack. And then well, they were like, yeah, for years. Oh, they were, yeah, they were bad. Definitely. Um, it didn't seem like they tanked to pick up Steph Curry. Nope, Nobody would at well, that time. Yeah. I mean, they were just bad. Yeah. It's weird because like tanking implies that you're trying to lose where like sometimes you could just do that just by <laughs> sometimes you're just not good. So you end up losing a lot. And like, I do think it makes sense for a team to, to realize like they're not a contender. Let's sell high on some of our assets right now. Yeah. See, this goes back to my thing though, is I don't think the worst team should get the best pick. Mm -hmm. I, I am absolutely against that. Like, why do you reward losing? And so I'm, I'm all for the wheel. The, you can Google the Zach Lowe, you know, wheel or whatever, where it's it's partially random, but partially, but every everyone gets a turn coming up. Like, why not? This is bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. I'm with you, man. Yeah, I think uh, the new lottery odds um, have certainly helped that, where you see yeah. more teams moving up. What I mean, I'm sure this has been proposed. I'm sure people much smarter than us have thought about this but wouldn't wouldn't you want to reward success meaning if you're the first team out of the playoffs record wise you get the first pick that gives you an actual opportunity mm-hmm. by actually trying and being in the middle yeah to i mean, i don't know if that futzes with the motivation of teams who are like could be like 
you know, six to eight, if they're like, oh, then we got to start losing pretty quickly because it's going to be better off for us in the future to get this pick, to get, you know, to get the first pick rather than the um, 17th pick. Yeah. Right. But listen, Kawhi Leonard was a 20 something pick. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, he was 10th. 10th. What about Steph Curry? Seven. Steph Curry was like sixth or seventh. Clay yeah. was in the second round, right? No, Clay was like 10th. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> Draymond was second round and Giannis was yeah, 15. Draymond was the beginning of the second round. And, right. and Giannis was 15. Giannis was 15. Mm-hmm. In a year that like none of the top draft picks really became superstars. Oh, was that Oladipo's year? I don't remember. I also think it's a lot of pressure to put on a young player who's not, as a rookie, is not going to be the leader. I mean, look at, uh, like, John Morant's doing great, but he's a 19-year-old, 20-year-old child. And they're looking to him when, as a rookie... I think it would be really helpful for him and his future to have somebody to look to himself. Not that, not that he doesn't, not that there aren't veterans on the team, but there aren't great veterans on the team. Like I'd rather learn from, you know, like the fact that Draymond could make the progress that he did, I think is a testament to Steph and Clay's leadership. Draymond Green was a multi-year all-star. He had no business doing that. Yeah. Red Van Vliet. Guy didn't even get drafted. Yep. That's why the Uh, situation was perfect for the Spurs when they got Tim Duncan and had David Robinson. Precisely. And look, Danny Green is a wonderful player now. I don't think we talk about him enough. Yeah. I I think he, I mean, he's possibly the third best player on the Lakers. Yeah. He needs to make some buckets. I mean, yeah. yeah. If they're going to win, yeah, he's got to. Yeah, he, need, he definitely needs to engage. Yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, we're talking so much philosophy. I'm sure people have stopped listening by this point. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we just got a listener. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I think that about just about wraps up the show. Uh, Micah, you want to tell us where we can find you? Yeah, MicahSherman.com. Hell yeah. John, you got a website? Nothing yet. I'm working on it. Working we'll on it. it. Under construction, baby. Uh, I, of course, am at Larry the Athlete on any of your favorite social media like Twitter and Instagram and Bumble. Uh, And you could subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you listen to podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams and may the rest of your days be days of thunder.